Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A friend and I had planned a hunting trip in the vast wilderness of the Crane Prairie area. The anticipation of tracking deer and immersing ourselves in nature's embrace filled our hearts with excitement. Little did we know that this adventure would take an unexpected turn. As we made our way along the desolate path that hugged the Disputes River Channel, the landscape appeared eerily different. The water levels were significantly low due to a prolonged period of drought. Revealing a barren and desolate terrain, 
It was then that we stumbled upon something that sent chills down our spines. Five distinct footprints etched deeply in the soft sand. Examining the footprints closely, I couldn't shake off the feeling of unease that crept over me. These imprints were unlike any I had seen before. They were far too large to be made by an ordinary person, and the depth of the impressions suggested an immense weight behind them. Despite the skepticism of a local resident who claimed they were a bow hunter's prank, I couldn't help but question that explanation. The authenticity of these footprints seemed undeniable, leaving me to ponder the presence of something extraordinary. Intrigued and determined to uncover the truth, I delved into the lore surrounding the area. It was during my research that I stumbled upon a map meticulously documenting numerous sightings of the Sasquatch in the same vicinity. The map was a treasure trove of accounts from both locals and explorers who claimed to have encountered the elusive creature. Their descriptions mirrored the very footprints we had discovered, further fueling our curiosity and sense of adventure. My friend and I decided to venture deeper into the wilderness following the map's markings in search of answers. We carefully navigated the rugged terrain, constantly scanning our surroundings for any signs of movement or unusual activity. Hours passed, and as the golden hues of the setting sun painted the landscape, we found ourselves deep within the heart of the forest. Suddenly, a hush fell over the forest, as if nature itself held its breath. A moment later, we heard a rustling in the underbrush, followed by a low growl that sent shivers down our spine. Our hearts raced as we slowly turned to face the source of the sound. And there, amidst the towering trees and dappled sunlight, stood a creature unlike anything we had ever witnessed. It was Sasquatch. Towering at least eleven feet tall, covered in a shroud of thick, dark hair, it possessed a presence that commanded both awe and respect. Its powerful frame exuded a sense of primal strength and wisdom, while its eyes gleamed with an ancient knowing. Time seemed to stand still as we locked eyes with this extraordinary being. There was a profound sense of connection, as if we were standing on the precipice of an age, old secret. In that moment, the doubts and uncertainties melted away, replaced by a deep sense of wonder and reverence. But our encounter with Sasquatch was fleeting. With a gentle nod, the enigmatic creature melted back into the wilderness, leaving us in a state of awe and disbelief. We stood there, humbled by the realization that there were mysteries in this world far beyond our comprehension. As we made our way back to civilization, we carried with us the memory of that extraordinary encounter. Two years ago, at Multnomah, falls in the Columbia Gorge, a conversation with my neighbor left me questioning the existence of cryptids. She claimed to have seen dogmen leap over a stone wall near the falls, a memory etched in her mind. Late in the evening, around 11.30 p.m., the falls were illuminated, casting an ethereal glow. She spotted Bigfoot's unmistakable silhouette, covered in fur, leaping with surprising agility over the wall. The bright lights revealed every detail of this massive and mysterious being. Fear washed over her as the creature swiftly disappeared into the dark forest. News of the sighting spread, sparking curiosity and excitement in our community. People flocked to the falls, hoping for their own glimpse of this elusive creature. The encounter fascinated me, prompting countless nights searching for answers. 
armed with a camera. I scoured the area but found no evidence. That day is etched in my memory. We had a contract with the USS to cut silvertip Christmas trees, and it was just another morning after a light overnight snowfall of about three inches. Little did we know what awaited us in the snow-covered landscape. Approaching our worksite, we spotted fresh bare footprints in the snow. Only our vehicle's tire tracks accompanied them. These footprints were unique, resembling the size of a nine- or ten-year-old child. Driven by curiosity, we followed the footprints as they emerged from the trees and led down the road for around 100 feet, before vanishing back into the forest. The sharp and distinct edges indicated their freshness. They couldn't have been there for long. Oddly, there were no tracks or disturbance beneath the branches of the tall timber. It seemed as if the footprints had materialized out of thin air and vanished without a trace. The origin and destination of the tracks remained elusive. If necessary, I can provide USFS road numbers and map information for further investigation. This intriguing encounter left us with more questions than answers. And no, they were no human or animal prints. On a 41-foot sailboat in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay, with about seven other men doing a shakedown test cruise, planned to be out for about 12 hours, mid-1980s not as reliable weather prediction resources. We get caught in a tropical storm, winds gusting into the 50 miles per hour range, just this short of a weak hurricane. We had just barely rigged storm hawsers and storm sails because the one fellow on board, who was the best sailor since the storm was almost on us, Otherwise, we would have died during the storm itself. I expected to die at any time. In fact, we made a security. Security. Call on the radio. If you have time at sea, you know what I'm talking about. If not, it's not that important. For what seemed like 15 minutes, we were in a maelstrom. No visibility, but then it passed. We would live. This was at about 3 p.m., and although there was cloud cover, of course, the ambient light was such that you could see two miles or so in any direction. If you're familiar with the sea, you know that such storms, particularly in shallower depths near land masses, dredge a lot of things of the sea floor. The sighting were all on deck, working lines, checking damage, etc. And the bay around us is choppy and churning and foaming. Old-timey sailors often use the say and the sea is confused. I look about 15 feet to the starboard side and something swims to the surface breaks the surface, looks at us, then submerges again. It was like a thin man, with humanoid shape, arms articulated like a man, a human head, but its skin was covered in scales like a snake. It looked at us, blinked its weird, heavy-lidded eyes, then dove back under. So maybe you need to know a few things about me at that moment. No drugs, no alcohol, no injuries. I was elated because I was glad to be alive, but my senses in that situation were sharpened, not dulled. I had at that time about six years' experience on ships and fishing boats, and had seen squid, octopi, flying fish, sharks, skates, etc., all around the world. I was not the type of guy to see a patch of seaweed and call it a sea monster, and made an instant decision that I was not going to say anything. What could I say? 
I just saw a strange creature. Take my word for it. The men on this boat were all mechanics and engineers and professionals. Well, I get a reputation as a flake. At the time, it was important for each of us to get D skipper or OOD qualifications, and saying something like that would be frowned upon. And as I stood there in my life vest, soaking wet, hooked onto the steel lifeline, glad to be alive, one of the other sailors, a USN Captain Jack with over 30 years' experience in the surface Navy, piped up and said, I just saw a brown thing pop up on the surface. It looked like a lizard man with a scaly face. It blinked at us with these big eyes and then went back under. Yeah, I saw it too, I said. No one else said that they had seen it. Then we sailed back to the pier later that day and didn't speak of it again. Coda, hey, everything I've written above is the truth. B, this is the internet. For all you now, I may be a dog, a brain floating in a jar, making up stories, or a landlubber who's never even been to the beach. See, no, I don't have pictures. And if I did, wouldn't people say they were faked? D, I am well aware that a momentary glimpse of something on the surface of the sea is notoriously unreliable, and the mind and eye and the imagination play tricks on people, even in the best of times. Hey, if you have read all of this, thank for your time and for the invitation to share my experience. Wife and I take expeditions to backcountry Vermont, fly fishing in the spring, and usually do really well on brookies. We hike downstream, camp, and fish back. We generally will put on 10, 15 miles on a long weekend. Anyway, so this spring we were doing our usual hitting nice pools and catching natives. One afternoon we were hiking back to camp on the bank. We came over a rise and about 40 yards away was a barefoot man, gray breeches, long untucked white shirt standing on the river edge below us. I froze. He was staring straight ahead across the river and then his head jerked at our direction. The whole person was a strange color, like a foggy scene, almost I was fixed on him, maybe four or six seconds, and looked back at my wife. The look on her face told me she had already seen it, too. I looked right back, and the person was gone. No way a living human could have fled without us seeing. We chatted bewildered for a few, and then I had to go to check for tracks. Nope, not any sign. Yeah, that was interesting. I used to ride share with a colleague on a 45-minute trip to and from work each day. While sitting as passenger one day, gazing out the window, I very clearly saw a dead body hanging from a tree in a field close to the motorway. My stomach turned immediately, and I said, Oh, shit! Did you see that? My colleague asks what happened. I told him. I just see someone hanging from a tree in the field back there. For the rest of the day, I was pretty shook up by it. My colleague was somewhat skeptical and suggested that we look again tomorrow on the way home, only that I would drive instead, the idea being that he could see for himself. Anyway, on the journey home, I drove in the slow lane, and we approached the same spot. I slowed down as much as I could, bearing in mind this is a 70 miles per hour motorway, and sure enough, the body was still hanging from the tree. My body shot cold again. Not close enough to see features, but enough to make out from the clothes that it was most likely a man. However, my colleague still could not see where I was pointing, and he missed it again. I went home and googled local news, etc. 
for any missing person and came up with nothing. I decided the next day that I would have to take action and sop on the hard shoulder or lay by and report this. The next day comes and on the drive back we stop on the hard shoulder of the motorway, get out and make our way to the tree. I remember my mouth being dry and my heart racing as we approached. We came to the clearing from which you could see the tree. All that was hanging from the tree was a snapped rope. It was a beautiful day during archery season, and I decided to venture out on my usual morning hunt. The sun felt so warm and inviting that I couldn't resist the urge to take a nap before embarking on my late afternoon hunt back to camp. I found a perfect spot under a tree overlooking a dry creek bed with a large patch of young pine trees about seven to ten feet tall at the top of the clearing. The area then opened up into a fifty by seventy-five yard clearing surrounded by mostly separated timber. The small pine tree location was fairly dense. I remember being jolted awake by loud thumping noises like heavy objects hitting solid dirt and tree branches snapping. I instantly thought, here come the elk. So I pulled myself together and eagerly prepared to see some elk emerging from the small pine trees. Instead, what I saw next left me baffled and uneasy. Large rocks, weighing 50 to 100 pounds, were being hurled through the air. They seemed to be coming from within the pine tree patch, and the commotion lasted for what felt like an eternity, but in reality it was only about one to two minutes. I was completely taken aback. I had seen over 30 bears in the wild. Had Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Close encounters and even observed them with spotting scopes, but what I was witnessing now was utterly unexplainable. I was certain that this was not a bear. Bears roll rocks, but they don't throw 50 to 100 pound rocks. After the situation settled down, I cautiously walked back to camp and anxiously waited for my dad to return. The next day, I took my dad to the spot where I had experienced the strange event. We examined the rocks and found the exact spots where they had been removed from the ground. We could even see where the rocks had hit the ground and bounced. 
Unfortunately, we couldn't find any tracks since the ground was really hard and there was a lot of grass undergrowth. My dad and I were left with more questions than answers, but one thing was for sure. Something extraordinary and inexplicable had happened that day in the dense pine tree patch. This happened about eight years ago when I was 11. I was over at my best friend's house for a sleepover. We, my best friend, his older brother, and I were all sitting around wondering what to do when older brother suggests we go to the park, at which we happily agree. Now, something to know. This park wasn't actually a park at all. It was actually a small and dense patch of forest in the middle of the suburb where my best friend lived. So we all get ready and make the five-minute walk down there. We are there for about half an hour when we decide to stop and take a break in the middle of the forest. As we were sitting there, we thought it would be fun to do the whistle from The Hunger Games. The movie had just come out, and we were all obsessed with it at the time. So we all started doing it until the brother told us to be quiet. At first we didn't know when, but then we heard it, a faint whistle back. The brother did it again and again. There was a reply, only this time it was closer, and it kept getting closer. We all froze, not sure of what to do until it seemed to stop. We all agreed it was time to go home at this point, and, and as we were about to come out of where we hid, I heard from a bush behind me, Hey, come here. And in you can bet we took off running. As we were running, I swear I could hear someone running after us, so I turned my head back to look, and when I turned back, I ran eye first into a tree branch. I took a nasty fall, hitting my head. I don't really remember what happened after... But my friend and his brother must have carried me out because the next thing I remember was my best friend over me asking if I was okay, and we were in the field on the opposite end of where we entered. I had a black eye from the stick and a mild concussion from the full. The boys were both covered in cuts and bruises from running through the woods. We have never been back there since. We are all adults now, my best friend 18. His brother 20 and I 19 and we still talk about it and speculate on who or what that could have been. During a covert operation deep in enemy territory, my team of Navy SEALs stumbled upon a sinister plot orchestrated by a notorious Russian international terrorist organization. These nefarious individuals had acquired a weapon prototype of unimaginable destructive power, with the potential to unleash chaos on a global scale, it was imperative that we prevented this weapon from falling into the wrong hands. Time became our most relentless adversary. As we navigated treacherous terrains within Russian bases in Eastern Europe, we moved swiftly and silently, relying on our extensive training and unyielding determination. The intel we had gathered led us to a heavily guarded enemy stronghold, and we devised a plan to infiltrate the base and retrieve the components of the weapon. Under the cover of darkness, we launched our attack, executing precise maneuvers to neutralize the opposition without raising any alarms. The element of surprise was on our side. We managed to secure the secret weapon's vital parts and were ready to make our escape. However, as we emerged from the base into the frigid, snow-covered landscape, our eyes fell upon a sight that froze our very souls. There, in the pale moonlight, stood a creature unlike anything we had ever encountered. It possessed a humanoid form, but was grotesquely distorted. 
Its skin, glistening like glass, appeared to be covered in a thin, clear liquid. The large claws on its pale, human-like hands glinted ominously. Its face was a nightmarish visage with milky white skin and eyes tinged with the bluest veins. The only thing in motion was its long, serpentine tongue swaying in the wind. Its antlers, black as if molded from darkness itself, adorned its massive, deer-like humanoid frame, towering at a staggering height of seven to eight feet. Reacting with trained instinct, we opened fire on the creature, unleashing a barrage of bullets. But it was enough. In a devastating display of strength and ferocity, the creature struck back, impaling one of our team members with its razor-sharp antlers before retreating into the surrounding woods. We rushed to our fallen comrade, desperate to aid him, but it was too late. He succumbed to his injuries, leaving us with a heavy burden of loss. Knowing that our mission took precedence, we quickly called for extraction. Our voices laced with both urgency and disbelief. A helicopter was dispatched to retrieve us. Hovering above the snowy landscape as we boarded, carrying with us the haunting memory of the encounter. Now, as we sit in the churning blades of the helicopter, the reality of what we witnessed settles upon us. We contemplate the formidable challenge of conveying this unimaginable creature to our skeptical superiors. How could we possibly explain the inexplicable? The daunting task of relaying the truth and validating our encounter fills us with a sense of apprehension. Our loyalty and dedication will undoubtedly be put to the test. I was on a woods park in Canada with other exchange students. I had to go to the restroom, and they were a bit far away from where we were. Another peer decided to go as well. When we arrived, there was none around. One single restroom in the middle of nowhere. I told my friend, joking, if a bear comes out, we're so dead there's no one around to help us. We both laugh, and just like that, we both saw in a small fraction of a second a big brown pelt coming out from the woods. I didn't have to look at it, it completely. I knew what it was, and in my mind, only the word run pop out. It was a very primal response. I started running the fastest I have run ever in my life. I wasn't in control of my body. We both kept running nonstop for what it seems like five minutes straight. Then senses came back to me, and I stopped. The other student told me to keep running, and I told him if the bear was behind us, it would have got us already. We cannot outrun it. We made it with the rest of the group, told them what happened. We think we saw a bear, but we're not sure since we just started running. Ten minutes later, some bikers run into us and told us there was a report of a bear nearby. I am an Eagle Scout, and my troop goes on what we call high adventure every year around the start of summer. This past summer, we decided to go to Isle Royale a little island to the east of Minnesota and north of Massachusetts. We were going to hike about five miles in and come back after a few days of swimming or hiking. But someone on our ferry convinced my scout leaders to do the whole 35-mile hike around the island. Most of the guys in my group didn't want to do it, and I especially didn't because I have a metal screw in my ankle. But we did it anyway. It was four days of hiking, ranging from six, ten miles per day. It was probably the most grueling thing I've ever physically done, especially with the titanium in my foot. 
About 20 miles into our hike, we met a guy named Bill. I really wish I had a picture of the guy. He was one of the most unique people I've ever met. But later that night, we talked more and more until he wanted to tell us a story about something that happened to him and his group of kids he was watching over on the island. Now, the part of the island we were in at the moment was called Wendigo. And that alone freaked me out because the Wendigo is supposed to be a mythological cannibalistic spirit that takes physical form of a tall, lanky humanoid shape. It's supposed to mimic sounds it hears, so footsteps, voices, etc., to lure people out into the woods. Supposedly, this was part of the island inhabited with that creature. It still freaks me out. Bill told us that one night with his group of 10, 12-year-olds who had never heard of the Wendigo, came to him one morning saying, Bill, why were you trying to scare us last night? We heard heavy footsteps around our tent and heard you grunting and saying our names. Bill was super perplexed because he had slept through the night. He didn't go out of his tent, and his tent was a decent distance away from the kids while being relatively close as to make sure they were okay, but he slept through the night. He says that experience terrified him, especially when the exact same thing happened with a second group of kids who had never heard of the spirit or the lore of the island. Then he started hearing the voices of his kids outside of his own tent, too. He told us that the Wendigo was real, and that we had to be careful and give it respect. He told us about the origin of the creature on the island, and how it came to be the Wendigo. He was a firm believer that this creature was on the island with us, and even more so that it was nearby and that we would certainly have some sort of encounter, directly or non-directly. Sleeping in an open cover tent that night was honestly the most scared I've ever been camping, and I've camped far from society dozens and dozens of times. The worst is when you have to pee super badly, but you're way too mortified to go out in the woods alone to pee. You can't just pee next to your tent, and nobody is going to wake up to walk with you 20 feet into the woods in the dead of night. I think we were all just high-strung from hiking and stressed out, but every twig that broke, every animal that called out, every step we heard from animals near our tent made us all jump. At one point, one of my guys freaked out because he heard footsteps come from far away and get, like, right behind him next to the tent. I don't know about that, but it certainly set in the hysteria. I'm honestly grateful nothing happened to me personally to make me a real firm believer in stuff like the Wendigo, but man, it felt like a horror movie all night. The other guys in my tent swore they heard footsteps, noises, grunting sounds, etc. But I'm skeptical since they could have just been enjoying the fear. The worst kind of fear is the kind that settles in deep and stays there. That kind of anticipation and suspense that makes your body go into full fight or flight mode at a moment's notice. It was really freaky. I don't know if I believe Bill's story or if it's just a matter of coincidence, but I know that Bill believes Bill. I wish I could talk to him again more about his experience. He's the first grown man I've ever seen kind of tear up in fear while just talking about his close encounter. Ever have that happen where you just start tearing up in fear? I know that feeling, and I saw that he really felt that his encounter was real. I'm a skeptic for sure, but I never like to say I can disprove anything. To be honest, I'd kind of like to see what Bill was so terrified of. Maybe someday. On second thought, screw it if I'm ever going back to that island. No thanks. I'm freaking myself out just remembering this.
uh, he encountered a black triangle UFO just a little over 20 years ago. Myself and three of my friends were all sitting in my backyard on my picnic table. The top of it so we were all facing the same way, looking up at the clear night sky one evening in the small town we lived in. We had just left the bar and were chatting about our night and smoking a joint when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we saw something really big. All black triangle in shape with no lights whatsoever on it appear in the night sky. It was a split second that we all saw it move from one end of the sky to the other and it covered the stars as it did this. It was that massive, easily the size of a football field, no joke. All of us just looked at each other and exclaimed at the same time, Holy T, did you just see that? It was insane. I'll never forget it. Yeah, a few weeks after the incident, I had a very vivid dream that I was on a very cold operating table with what I could only sense as beings that were not human, and they were tickling me each time they touched me, almost like a faint electrical current. There were more than one touching me in different places all at one time. It was weird because I could feel their physical touches while asleep like I was actually there. I wasn't able to see anything while this was going on. I'm pretty sure I had something over my face so I couldn't see them or anything around me. However, I didn't feel threatened or scared by them at all. The dream ended abruptly and I woke up in my bed. It seemed so real to me and to this day, I fully believe I was abducted while asleep so they could study me. I have not seen the black triangle in the sky since, or had any more alien abduction dreams, thankfully, but it was definitely one of the strangest occurrences for me to date. Has anyone else had a similar encounter?